Hello everyone and welcome to the 2023 Masters. My name is Charlie Henry Charlie, and welcome. Charlie, Charlie. What? We're not at the Masters tournament, man. We're, we're here in State College doing a four David podcast. The Masters is down in Georgia. It's not for another few weeks actually too. I'm oh. looking forward to it too. I wish I was there. Um, I'm sure we all wish we were there. Agreed. But, uh, you know, can't have it all. Um, so... For those who don't know, this is the Four Divots Podcast. I'm going to do the first intro here. My name is Sean Noonan. Um, I'm from Southampton, New York, which is way out on the east end of Long Island. Uh, most of you guys will only be hearing me, unfortunately, so you won't be able to see how red my face gets during most of these podcasts, <laughs> uh, just from being nervous. But uh, the boys sitting around the table right now should certainly be able to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so I guess I'll pass it over to Charlie for a... Uh, intro for himself what's going on guys my name is charlie henry i'm a junior at penn state just like most of us well two of us the other two are seniors you'll hear from the other two just shortly but i'm from pittsburgh pennsylvania a little fun fact about me is i'm allergic to peanuts so i've never actually eaten chick-fil-a i've never eaten five guys i know can't believe some of the best meals i've ever had yeah i can't compare it to anything else, but I like McDonald's. Um, it's but not the same. Not even close. I, I, I guess. Chick-fil-A. I know. I know. It's sad. But I'm going to pass it on over to Ron. How you doing today? Doing all right. Hey, guys. My name is Ronald Webb. I'm from Easton, Pennsylvania. And a little fun fact about myself was I almost got arrested my freshman year for throwing a snowball at a catabus. That's crazy. Almost? So Almost. Is that, so is that cuffs or is that no cuffs? No cuffs. Like no cuffs. Name written, just a verbal warning? Just name written down in the system and a harsh warning. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Right. It's very, very scary times. But next I'm going to pass over to my friend Jack over here. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Jack Strapoli. I am a junior here at Penn State, also a PGM major. I am from Verona, New Jersey. And a little fun fact about me is... I never put sunscreen on outside on a warm or a hot day, I will easily get sunburned, similar to Sean, how red his face gets. Yeah, but and mine's uh, natural, so I mean, I guess I got that going for me. People do think I get sunburned a lot, too, when they see me out on the golf courses. And <laughs> but, uh, yeah, could be a good getting sunburned is not fun at all, and uh, I'll pass it back over to Sean. Yeah, so I mean, we're, uh, we're here to bring you the world of HR. We're going to take a deep dive into it and uh, all together bring you all today's updated information as it comes to us. So uh, with that being said, we're going to move into our first uh, topic here, which is our Here's the Buzz. Do you guys see Tigers playing at this week? I did see that. It's um, pretty awesome. What, first tournament since the Open? <laughs> yeah, right? it's good to have back. July 2022. Yeah. I don't know if he'll make the cut, but it's good for the game. Uh, I was saying... It's, it's a really hilly golf course. I think he's going to struggle getting around yeah. in a few spots. But I, that way. And the middle of the course is pretty flat, so I think he has a chance. But it's just those first couple holes, last couple holes, where he's going to have some issues. Yeah. He always does say that when he goes into a tournament, he's not going to go there unless he knows he can win it. Yeah. So I think he's got a good opportunity, yeah. a shot. You're not wrong. Everybody proved he proved everybody wrong at the Masters, so I think it's possible. But oh, yeah. he's got yeah. a lot of work to do with some of the guys that are out there right now. So you think he makes the cut in the end? I think he makes a cut. I think he does a good job with that. I think he could struggle on Saturday and Sunday, um, just getting tired. The body gives out. Yeah. His legs don't really last as long as he might want them to. It doesn't but. help. It's a little chilly in Southern California right yeah. now. Yeah. Just got to cherish every moment you see him play on the golf course because uh, we don't know how much longer he has. Yeah, I can agree with that. 
let's kind of get back on track here with uh, what we're going to talk about. What's going on, guys? Um, great to be back. We are now on our second part, um, and we're going to get into the Here's the Buzz. So, Jack, if you want to start it off, kind of go off with your Here's the Buzz. Yes, I'll start off. Um, you don't know, this is Jack Serpoy reporting from the Here's Something Cool desk. I am going to be discussing how to embrace the role as a leader in the workforce. Uh, the article I chose is called How to Become a Better Leader, published by Forbes on December 1st, 2022. The article talks about how 16 human resource council members from Forbes discussing how their techniques made the workforce a positive environment. Out of the 16, I chose my three favorite ones. All right. The first one was Share Knowledge with Others, which talks about how reading books, online articles, and listening to podcasts that this guy kept in the back of his head. And whenever he got the chance to talk about, talk to his coworkers about it, like the resources really helped him. And like he opened up and like they got to know him better. Yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me to uh, read a lot of teaching books. You know, I want to be a golf instructor. I've had a lot of good book recommendations. So Absolutely. Yeah, that usually goes a long way. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it uh, qualifies in many other fields as well. But uh, what, el what else do you have? Uh, the second one I chose was Reflect on Others' Life Stories, Positive Attitudes, and Resilience. The person listened to podcasts about how other people's life stories and how it builds confidence to make yourself a better person and also a better leader in the workforce. Uh, I thought this one was honestly my favorite because, like, I listen to other people's stories and, like, hear their interesting stories as well. Yeah. And it helps me, too. Like, whenever I work, I'm like, oh, that can become me one yeah. day. And then uh, last but not least was set strategic personal and professional goals where it talks about how building your future improves by setting your goals. Um, having a path on what you want to do is already a good start for your future. I think just going out cold is not a good start. I yeah. think just setting a bunch of goals like will help you in the future. Like smart goals. Yes. Yeah, smart, that's smart goals, goals are good. Some PGA work right there. No, yeah, yeah. for sure. It also helped me like reflect on my past internships I've done at um, golf facilities, and hopefully this will help me with my next internship this coming summer. And, uh, I mean, honestly, like you think about how much a leader means, um, and there are good leaders out there, and those – those tips can actually help you a lot, um, but there's also a lot of bad leaders, which I'm going to swing it over to my topic. Uh, this is Charlie Henry talking, um, and my topic is about a bad leader who is actually a McDonald's franchisee owner um, who actually got fined $50,000 for child labor violations. Um, yeah, this, this article comes from... <laughs> Uh, Nation's Restaurant News, it was written by Alicia Kelso, and the title is McDonald's Franchisee Fined for Child Labor Violations. Um, it was published on December 6, 2022, um, and it was in Pittsburgh, PA. This franchisee owner was fined $50,000 for accused child labor violations. Um, it was usually 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds, and it wasn't like it was just 10 or 12 of them. It was over a hundred of those fourteen and fifteen year olds. Wow, that's so insane. Yeah, like that's he, he's owning. I think it was four or five restaurants, and the big thing that I took out of this was they were working a lot more hours than they needed to. So yeah. on weekends they can work the regular nine to five if they really want to, but if they have a work, I mean a school day, they can't work more than I think it was four hours. So if you think about that four hours, he was working more than five hours more than that. Wow. 
wow. on school day. So they're coming in early. They're coming in after. And I think the kids just were realizing, hey, I want the money, and they're not going to stop me from doing this. Yeah, I mean, the paycheck always makes it feel yeah. a little better. I'm exactly, sure. yeah. All, all is working at golf facilities. We've had those fair share of you know, those 75, 80-hour weeks during those tournament weeks. But, I mean, that has, oh, to, yeah. that has to hurt a little bit hitting close to home. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is Pittsburgh. That's tough to <laughs> yeah. hear. But they, the franchisee came out with a statement that said, we take our role as a local employer um, – as a local employer, very seriously, and we regret scheduling issues that may have occurred at our restaurants. Our biggest priority is always the safety and well-being of our employees, and we have instituted a series of new and enhanced processes and procedures to ensure employees are scheduled appropriately. Honestly, yes, that's a really, really good statement, but yeah, what you a little, uh, little late. Yeah, exactly. What you've kind of just been. Fine for. Um, I don't really know. You can kind of say we're going to make a change, which, I mean, if you do, good for you, but it's going to be tough to do. And I think this kind of relates to a lot of human resource violations. Um, Child labor is a big one. And definitely something that's very important. Yeah. Can very easily be avoidable, too. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to remember these kids are still young, too. So, you have a whole life ahead of them. 14 and 15, you know. It's great to have a job at that point, but I don't think you need to be working 60 hours, no, especially yeah, going no, to school as no, well. Not needed. You don't need time for social life, sports, homework, oh, yeah. sleep. It's important as a kid. Well, I can transition into the complete opposite of working hard. Hey, y'all, it's Ron Webb, and welcome to my segment called The Possibilities of a Long Vacation from the Viewpoint of the Innovation Desk. In this article called A Three-Week Vacation in 2023, Yes, You Can, written by Rachel Fensog, um, she goes on to state that a Tennessee man last year in December was able to take a three-week long vacation all at once. Not like he gets three weeks for the whole year, just a straight three-week long vacation where he went over to Europe, spent time, got to travel the world, do what he want, and how this could possibly become a normal thing in our society. And it then goes on to states like how this could benefit the mental health aspect of it which is important for production within a business. Oh, yeah. Well, that was something that Penn State tried to do during COVID, right? With uh, They tried they gave students those wellness days, yeah. I think they were called. Yeah, it was during COVID yeah. when they actually didn't want to give us a spring break because uh, they knew kids would just run off and bring back COVID. Yeah. So they gave yeah. us those wellness days, and honestly, I loved those. Yeah, I thought they were the best things ever, and especially, yeah. like, I only had Tuesday, Thursday classes during COVID, and, like, when we had a Tuesday wellness day, I had a one-day week, basically. Yeah. So it really gave me a long stretch of break, which – was very important at those times with being there. Yeah, that's, that's super nice, and especially we weren't really able to, you know, go outside. I can say, I don't think any of us were 21 at that time. No. I mean, you know, the kids that work couldn't go to the bars yeah. and socialize. I mean, I remember hearing stories of freshmen when they were moving into dorms. You had to be in your own dorm. You couldn't go down the hall. Uh, yeah, it was just you and your roommate, Ugh. you know. I, it's just super tough to make friends that way. I think those wellness days are the only thing that kept those students intact for uh, at least that time frame. Yeah, that was a struggle for me, like, because Charlie and I were freshmen at the time during COVID, and it was tough for us to, like, socialize and make friends. But luckily in the program, like, we got to meet most people, and, like, without it, honestly, I don't know where I'd be. I don't think I would have met anyone. Well, that was one of the few things we were able to do, right, was actually go play golf. Yeah. You know, yeah. You just have to walk far enough away from each other. <laughs> it was literally like, the uh, only <laughs> thing that people could do was go play golf. Leave, leave the flag stick in so you know, no one was touching anything, and, you know, it, I think it worked out in the end, but it was just kind of tough. And, I mean, I'll transition into my topic now. I mean, um, so I'm Sean Noonan, if you guys don't recognize the voice. I'm reporting from the Something to Be on the Lookout For desk. Um, 
I'm going to go into a discussion about how medical marijuana and the marijuana industry is growing rapidly across the United States. Um, the article that I chose after reading through a bunch of them was actually written by Alan Smith on December 16th, 2022. Mm. The article is titled 2023 Trends, the Legalization of Recreational Marijuana and Therapeutic Psychedelics. Um, I didn't truly take a deep dive into the psychedelics part because that only uh, affects a couple states across the country. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how too many people I'll be it's reaching with that. But there's actually 21 out of the 50 states, including the District of Columbia, where recreational marijuana is now used um, and legal. So I used to work in New York where when it wasn't legal. And I saw all the hoops that were being jumped through the entire time from... Uh, governors and mayors and whatnot and, yeah. and also just other politicians having their opinions in New York um, but then I also spent six months in California this past summer where it's been legal for a long time yeah totally so I was, opposite uh, able to see both ends of the spectrum and it was kind of funny to watch all the hoops that New York had to jump through in order to get to that point and California yeah. was already there um, I mean it's it's a real growing franchise it's never going to stop at this point I think it's definitely on its way to the federal level which brings a lot of issues into the workplace um, oh, yeah. so in those states where it is legal it's still not legal for employees to be under the influence while they're at work and that makes it very tough for employers because you can't control your employees when they're outside of work yeah I mean I, I think Ron spent a little time working in California yeah. if I remember I could relate to that I was provided with an opportunity to work in San Francisco and basically my boss was like if you smoke I don't care just as long as it's not at work or you're high during work like whatever yeah. you do in your free time is your free time I don't care but just don't let it affect your work and like it's something that I personally don't do but I was kind of interested by that statement because, like, growing up in PA where it's was, it hasn't and wasn't been for a while, like, they're so strict. And, like, even if you, like, your eyes are a little red, they're like, are you high? Are you smoking? Yeah. Like, and it's just weird to be in such a more, like, relaxed climate. Oh, yeah. And I've grown up in PA where it's still not even recreational yeah. legal. Yeah, it made a big step with going medicinal, but it is very, very strict here. And I've done one internship my first year, and the first question I asked was, oh, do you guys drug test? And they were actually very relaxed with it, but they knew a lot of other country clubs around the area that were very, very strict with it. And you're not getting that internship or that job if that pops up. And it's crazy how state by state that can change so quickly, which it, it blows my mind, but it's crazy how quick this is growing where people are getting a lot more relaxed with it. Well, I mean, you don't really have any other choice. It's the way the world's going right now. No, everybody, for sure. Absolutely. Everybody wants their way of doing things. And I mean, it, the medical, the industry is growing at a very frantic pace, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Oh, yeah. I, I look forward to bringing you guys some more information on it when I, when I get it and I read through it. But I mean, for now, it's definitely something that needs to be on the radar of every employer. Absolutely. Them, no matter what state you're in. I think it's very important to know all the rules about it just when your employees ask, just because you're definitely going to get those questions if you haven't already. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So we will talk to everyone soon. We're going to move into our next topic, which is the hot topics of HR. What's up guys? How's everyone doing on this uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon we got here? Um, we are the Four Divots podcast uh, around the table today where we have uh, myself, Ron, Charlie, Jack, and a very special guest, Kiki. 
Um, I'm going to pass it off to Charlie to give himself a bit of an introduction here. How's it going, guys? You kind of already heard from me. Just want to give you a shout, say hello, um, and excited for this segment of the podcast. Jack, how's it going? I'm doing great. I hope everyone's doing well. Obviously, you know each other pretty well, but I'm excited to have a good discussion today, and uh, I'll pass it over to Ron. How are you doing today? Doing good. Hey, guys, Ron here. Excited to bring you guys some new and fun topics here, so let's get started. Awesome. And we also have a very special guest with us today. We have Kiki, who's joining us all the way from the Netherlands. Kiki, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for asking. So my name is Kiki. I'm a third year student at the Hotel Management School. And now I live in Maastricht in the Netherlands. And the fun fact about myself is that I really like cats. Oh, I'm a bit of a cat person myself. I had one growing up, but... uh, a lot of my friends end up being dog people, unfortunately. So I don't get to yeah, see too know. many of them nowadays. I'm a, big, I'm a big dog person too. Yeah, I'm actually allergic to that. I'm allergic yeah, to that. So, <laughs> so this is the hot topics portion of our podcast here. Um, the topic we're going to be talking about today is uh, sex trafficking in the workplace, specifically the hospitality management side of it. Um, so I'm just kind of going to let everybody go around a little bit. Uh, we all read. A different article um so we all have a bit of different info um and then kiki has a bit of a unique perspective to my understanding of from a bit of a early conversation we had about this because she's actually had some real life training uh, uh in this category where none of us have really had any experience just because all four of us work at golf courses we don't really see this issue a lot kiki i believe you work a little more in the hotel industry is that correct uh, yeah that's true so i did my internship in berlin uh for six months and i lived there and it was at the marriott hotel the courtyard and i had some training there but it was online training so i'm not really a specialist in it but i did some training true that's awesome i mean you got a lot more experience than all of us put together so i mean i think you'll be a bit of a bit of a help in this section just because we're just kind of basing everything off what we read um so i'll go first i guess here i mean i have read an article um that was written in um, April of 2022 um, by CNBC. Um, There's a quote that I found really interesting from it. And it said, human trafficking generates about $150 billion a year globally in illegal profits, according to the International Labor Organization. Um, I just found this to be a really staggering number. Uh, I felt like it was very, very large. I mean, I've worked at golf courses that have members that have plenty of money, but I've never really seen anything at that figure, Um, and especially in a category that's you know obviously awful um so i just found that kind of weird that that number was so high but i guess it's a very profitable industry uh do you guys find any other interesting facts in the articles you read uh jack you find anything good uh yeah something i found from an article from shrn in march 2020 is that like major events such as the super bowl that like draw huge crowds basically a magnet for human traffickers as they may bring victims to the event to exploit the uh, increased demand for commercial sex. And uh, obviously they mentioned uh, hotels undergoing training with all the employees, how to identify and report potential trafficking situations. I think something that stood out to me is like the way they can figure it out, such as individuals who appear to be under the control of others, under unable to speak for themselves or showing signs of physical abuse. I think obviously that's huge because like in big events like that, like it's hard to identify like what each person is like. And um, obviously, if you're the employees, like you should see something. If you see something, say something. Yeah. Uh, Ron, uh, do you have anything 
Yeah, so mine's actually kind of along a similar line. So my article that I found kind of talks about the most common behaviors that can indicate non-human trafficking. And it's like when they approach the desk, when they like they're the ones dominating the conversation and the person the persons they're with isn't allowed to say a word or refusing cleaning services for multiple days, checking in for like only a few hours and then leaving. Or the biggest one is paying with cash or like a preloaded credit card. That way there's no way to like track their name, which was really disturbing and surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, that, I think I've that's seen that in like, surprising. Like I've seen, like think of like being sitting at a hotel desk and like having to like see or look at for different signs. Like you wouldn't think it's very noticeable or like think you have to look at that things. But after hearing it, it's like, wow, like seeing those signs early could really, really do a difference. Yeah, um, it could definitely stop something. Going off that, like even like trying to find signs before the desk, um, I found a quote that came from, um hostile management um it was a quote that talks about more um in the hotel room it says the whole industry is off the streets so the transactions that have to happen someplace very frequently it's in the hotel room um it just kind of shows that you can get those signs quickly like at the start like you guys were saying but realizing a lot of the time it's in the hotel room that they're going to be held like finding those signs before and then making sure that you can like still move on afterwards will make like a huge difference as well. Yeah. I mean, it kind of sounds like it'd be best if you can kind of try to figure that stuff out when they're checking in or at the desk using kind of what Ron said about like the cash payments and the dominant conversation. I also do want to jump back to like uh, what Jack said before though, about the Super Bowl. Like, what do you, did you find anything else interesting in that article or was it really just like how the big crowds can kind of just make it a little challenging and if, especially at a huge event like that, it's very easy to kind of just disappear. And was yeah. there anything else that kind of stuck out? Yeah, it was just usually the big crowds. And I also think that article is like teaching us a lesson because like if you go to such a big event like that, you should just go with a whole group of people because you never know, like one second you're alone, like bad things could happen because like, yeah. you know, there's crazy people out there and like you just never know like what's in store. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to kind of pass it off to Kiki here. I think we all obviously read an article and have a little bit of background information, but you definitely have the most quote unquote real life experience seeing you at least took a training seminar. Um, can you talk a little bit about like what that was and kind of what the process was and if you learned anything from it? So for me, the training was maybe that's also like a point it was because it was online uh, and I just had to finish it. Um, so I kind of, I learned it. I learned the facts like um, Ron said, but I didn't really like take it that, yeah, it, of course it's a serious thing, but after the training, it was done for me. So maybe the hotels do also have to um, remind the employees of it to keep on training and training them and, doing it more frequently so that can also be like a bigger problem because so i know like, like small facts but but if i how do i say it in english like if they reminded me more often it would be like a bigger bigger thing for me yeah you're saying like if they like added on maybe like a second segment after your training yeah uh, to like explain more about it and bring more awareness to it yeah. I, I think that would be a big difference to maybe like yeah you guys be more aware of it when it's actually happening happening as well 
Yeah. So, I mean, so did you only do this once? Was this a one-time thing? I mean, I, you said you worked there for only six months, so I'm assuming you only had to do it once, but have you worked at any other hotels that made you do this or any other places that uh, kind of had this? No, I only worked at uh, Marriott, but it was like a mandatory training. Everyone had to do it. Um, so it was just one or two trainings and then it was, then it was finished. So, um, so how was this kind of viewed by the staff? Was this something that you guys had to just kind of wanted to just get through and get out of the way? Or was it something that was taken seriously? I mean, have there been any issues at the hotel that you worked at, even when the time like you weren't there, stories you heard or anything? Uh, I didn't hear any stories, but I also think it's hard for employees to, to see it and then um, like act on it because you can see signs, but it's also hard. You have one shift and the evening shift. I don't know how to explain it, but um, yeah, you you don't believe it if you see it uh, or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you're scared wrong, to be wrong. And if you have it wrong, it's like a where to say to your your boss or something if you if you think that's the case that's human trafficking yeah it seems like it's one of those situations where it's just like you don't you can't be wrong or you don't want to be wrong and you're kind yeah, of like a this. little nervous to bring it to your superiors because if you are wrong then you look like a bit of a bad employee i, I don't know if you'd be considered a bad employee but um i think there'd at least be some different uh yeah. and it can also you. be like Sorry. It can also be like bad publicity for your hotel. Like if other people yeah. know there is a lot of human trafficking in your hotel afterwards, they think like, oh, they didn't act on it or it can be bad publicity. Yeah. Um, so I, we're going to move into uh, in the same articles. I'm hoping you guys also found some solutions. So we're going to kind of start to move that direction. Um, so I guess seeing Kiki actually did some training. I'm sure there were some solutions in there that we probably didn't come across. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll let her lead us off here. But um, is there any, uh, what solutions did you really find to uh, kind of just combat some of this stuff? So, so um, yeah, of course, training. I also found something, it's called the code and all the hotels can sign it and uh, get extra trainings for it. Um, I think that's also very important. Yeah, and just create awareness, have the discussion with each other, uh, make them more, talk more about it, maybe put posters in your hotel or that also the guests can 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 see that's actual a problem. Yeah, I think yeah. posters, I was just thinking that when you said that, like posters could be a big thing because like even when people are doing sex trafficking, sex trafficking and they see posters in the office or the main lobby they're gonna be like wow like uh they're already aware of this they know maybe this could be going on like and then they're on edge so like even just like pointing it out and being like this is something that happens and making it a thing for hotels not to be like afraid of the fact of it but actually being more confident to put that out to um their customers to be more aware of it um but adding on to mine as well, I said, just making sure like employees are aware of the body language. I know we already spoke on that a little bit, but just having that sign of like what to expect when people bring in those body language and how to combat that to be known that you shouldn't be afraid to tell your boss of something like that happening um, and being actually just confident to go tell your boss like, hey, I just want you to make make this aware for you. Um, 
and just bring this up just as a concern. I don't know for sure, but just being comfortable to go up to your boss and say something or your manager um, would definitely be a big, a big point to hit on. Yeah, I can kind of bounce off of that with the whole awareness and behavior stuff. So one of my solutions I saw is kind of almost doing like a role play situation. You kind of hire two people from the outside and bring them in to kind of show those signs of what we talked about earlier to see if your people at the front desk can like pick up on it and manage on it and like say something about it. That's kind of what I saw. It's like, it's obviously in a controlled setting. So like nothing's going to happen, but it's two people that there's two faces that they don't recognize. It's not like two other employees doing it. Yeah. I mean, I had a bit of a similar uh, one as well. Like I think I viewed it from a bit more of a managerial perspective where I said, be involved in the training sessions uh, that like involve the key identifiers. And I think using role play, um, would be the best way to do that. But I also think you have to bring in people from the outside um, because if you did it with employees, I think it would not really have the same effect and it would kind of be like a kind of viewed as like a bit of a joke um, mm -hmm. for everything. And that's obviously like the last thing that we want from a topic like this because this is something yeah, that's just absolutely awful. Um, Jack, did you find any solutions in, uh, in your article? Uh, kind of basing off like the body language, like Charlie said, uh, I think, just physical appearance as well like what the person looks like they could be like not well dressed like they can look like they're a lot of sorts and stuff I think that's obviously an early sign that this person may be a human trafficker I think that's something employees should like notice too because physical appearance can like easily give something away yeah I mean for sure I mean it's I think the big thing is just kind of the setting and like the way the person is acting and I think that's going to be the biggest thing to look out for just in like a broad general term I think that could go for almost every industry, not even just like the hospitality industry. Oh, yeah. um, so I think we're going to kind of move into the last part of our topic here, the last part of our section here. Um, kind of just a couple, I'd love to hear a couple words from everybody about uh, kind of just like five words to finish out, like what our thoughts are. Um, I'll lead us off here. I mean, mine is just human trafficking just needs more attention. Um, just, all, just all in all. I mean, I said before, it's a $150 billion industry. And it, it shouldn't be anything. Um, I mean, it's pretty awful. And I think there's a lot of simple things that can be done to kind of help uh, bring that number down closer to zero. Unfortunately, I don't think it'll ever be zero just because of the way the world works nowadays. But I think it could be a lot better. Um, yeah, yeah I, I can bounce off of that one. So my five words were look out for each other. You know, if everyone has everyone's back, you know, we can try and make this not a problem anymore like noon said like it's not gonna ever really end just with how big the world is and just how it is but if everyone has each other's back and they're looking out for each other there's a way to definitely get the number way down yeah i'll kind of for pick sure. up from that i said um education and empowerment prevent trafficking i think the more we educate people about how bad human trafficking is like the better understanding and just like ron said like it'll bring us together and empowerment as well like if you see something say something like prevent something bad from happening and help our community out. I think that's a great way to uh, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was more just talking about um, the whole kind of main topic of our um, whole podcast was just be aware of your surroundings. I think we hit on that a lot during this podcast um, and just showing the body language, you know, seeing the facial expressions, just trying to get, as much aware of you as you can with um, the customers that are coming into your hotel. Um, that's definitely a big thing that I think that the, everybody that ne everybody needs to focus on like moving forward from this. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Kiki, any last words? Um, yeah, I have three points. It's just create awareness, uh, have the conversation about it, and know how to act when you suspect it. Yeah, those are definitely probably the three most important things. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up here for the hot topics part of our podcast here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Kiki, especially, all the way from the Netherlands. We appreciate this dearly. Um, this is the Four Divots signing off. We'll uh, be back soon. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Kiki. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, this is the four divots. Um, We are signing off. Thank you guys for listening. We've got Jack here. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure talking with you all. We got Sean. Thanks for everything, guys. It's been real fun getting to bring all this information to you. Hopefully we got a little more soon. And Ron. Hey, guys, Ron here signing off. It was a pleasure working with all you guys and bringing you guys all new content. It was a pleasure. Uh, We hope to hear from you guys soon and hope you have a great rest of your year.